Hi, I'm Rich Wynn. And I'm Rebecca Nixon. And this is the, the PropTech Growth Podcast. Every episode, we interview an expert in the PropTech startup space, gathering their advice and expertise to help you run a successful PropTech business. I'm the portable PropTech CMO, and I help PropTech startups build and scale their commercial growth strategy. I'm Rich from Richwind Consultancy. I specialise in operations, sales and process, helping fintechs and PropTech companies to grow. Yeah, Rebecca, do you want to just briefly introduce yourself? Sure. My name's Rebecca Nixon. I'm the portable prop tech CMO. It is what it sounds like. I work with a portfolio of different prop tech companies and I come in and help them build out their marketing strategy, help them hire a team, sometimes help with investment things as well. But essentially the CMO function of a business, I come in and fill that part on a contract basis. Then I will be having a bit of a dig at CMOs of prop techs. It's not personal, right? You okay with that? Oh, no, yeah. Of course I'm okay with that. It's what I do as well. <laughs> do you want to give us a, an idea of how you started and how you got to where you are at the moment? Went to university, did a surveying degree, came out in 93. No jobs in surveying because the property market was on its backside. Became an estate agent, was in the estate agency for 15 years, if not a bit more. Ended up at Belvoir Lettings selling their franchises. I uh, had a thoroughly good time, but got bored of doing four-hour pitches. I was there for three years. About a year in, I realized, how can I sell more franchises? And I actually went out into the network. My job was not to help franchisees grow their existing business. My job was to bring new ones in. If I could bottle it and, in essence, capture what the good Belvoir agents were doing to attract landlords and vendors to their agency, I could ultimately sell more franchises. And on the back of that, I found the power of content marketing, especially if you talk about the property market to local people are attracted to you as an agent. And from that, they gave me some offices to play with. And from that, we were getting organic growth in the order of 20, 30% a year. So I went back to the board and said, I'm bored of selling franchises. Let me loose growing the existing network. They said, that's not your job. Your job is to bring new ones in. So I said, ah, sod it. I'm a bit bored of this job. So in December 2013, I left Belvoir to set up my own agency to help estate and letting agents organically grow their businesses. Amazing. And so 2013, was it mainly manual networking then? Was LinkedIn big or growing or how did you get on with that source? You think about it, most of your viewers listening or watching this sell things to other people. Now, my specialization is selling to estate and letting agents. And I know PropTech isn't just there to serve estate and letting agents. Fundamentally, if you want someone to buy something from you, and in your cases, as I said, estate and letting agents, we're all in the same game of how do you get someone to buy your solution to their problem? How do you get more people to buy your PropTech solution? for agents to buy them. And one thing that I've learned over the years is that estate and letting agents are really weird in the way they act and think, and I know how to sell to them. But I think that's going to be of interest to your audience on how do you sell more product of what you're selling to people who are going to buy it. Because I've got this real beef about prop tech is that 80% of it is creating a solution to a problem that does not exist. It's interesting. We had a, a conversation earlier where that was the key points that just because you've had a bad consumer journey with buying a property doesn't mean you then need to, without speaking to an agent or anything like that. And I think that's a really good takeaway. 
if I had a pound for every time someone had a bad experience as a tenant, mate was down the pub talking to their mate's mate who works for Hart or one of the corporates in London and says, I'm going to do this. And the mate says, oh, that's a good idea over a couple of pints of refreshing lager shandy. And then gave up their bloody job, spent two years building a product and then actually taking it to some of the big agents. And they've wasted two years of their life, hundred grand of money, and no one buys it because they didn't actually find out that this is a solution. It might've solved their problem as a tenant or their next problem, but it's the bosses who write the checks. And I think that is a massive thing when it comes to prop tech suppliers is the people with the checkbooks. And again, some people will just say nice things to you because they don't want to say nasty things to you. You've almost got to say is, if I had this, would you pay for it? Not, is it nice? That's exactly right. Yeah. So if you had your own little prop tech with a solution, how would you go about selling it then to lettings or estate agents? Can you give a breakdown of the best way to do it? Or what do you think? The first problem you've got to ask, is that a problem that, that is a problem to estate and letting agents? See, what you've got to remember, and again, I can only talk about estate and letting agents here is this. See, you've got to remember is estate agents do not care, or the vast majority of them do not care whether they sell the house or not, which is quite a controversial thing to say. But what you've got to remember is the type of personality type that is attracted to a state agency and the people who are attracted to lettings are a completely different personality type. The people who are attracted to a state agency, and again, for those listeners who want to check this out, there's many different profiling systems, but my favorite is the DISC profiling system. And most estate agents are on the I scale of DISC profiling. I don't know if you're aware of this, Rich or Rebecca, but they're I type, which means they're outward going, not reserved. They're not processed people. So they're outward going people and they want everyone to love them. And they're not very good at listening. They just want to talk and they use their skills and they're very good at their skills to get listings because that is the ultimate job of an estate agent is to get listings. The downside to that personality type is because they want everyone to love them, their biggest fear is rejection. That's why estate agents hate losing listings. So if you're selling to a estate agent, let's be honest, Rebecca, you are a marketeer. You can either sell direct to the boss or you can get the staff to almost say, boss, we need this. And what you've got to remember is that in estate and letting agencies, there's four main personality types of which three are involved in estate and letting agency. So therefore, if you want to sell more of your product, because fundamentally that's what the initial question was, is what were the mistakes and how do you work out if this is a problem? What you've got to do is work out who you're selling to, what message resonates with them and how do you get them to listen to you? Now of the 20% of prop tech solutions that are amazing, most of them should sell themselves, shouldn't they? Shouldn't they? Have you ever come across a prop tech solution that should sell itself, but doesn't Rich or Rebecca? Yeah, quite a few. Have you ever wondered why they won't sell themselves? Usually I can tell them that, Chris, to be honest. Depends on the business. But again, it should sell itself. It doesn't need to have any sales or marketing behind it. It should sell itself, shouldn't it? But people need to know it exists and that it solves a problem for them in order for them to buy it. But you know, awareness doesn't mean choice of purchase. Does it? No, it doesn't, but you can't make a choice without awareness. But awareness by itself, it's the reason why none of us love our banks. In fact, we probably despise them. If I asked you to name 10 banks, everyone would be able to list out 10 high street banks, yet still you don't move. We're aware of the bank. We don't love our present solution. We know what the problem is, but it still doesn't make us choose to move. 
Correct. And the issue there is, in my humble opinion, where a lot of prop tech people go wrong, especially when the product should set itself, is this. You've got to think about how humans make decisions. All marketing is persuading somebody to do something, isn't it? I disagree. Okay. But surely that's all market persuade. I'm not talking about coerce. I'm talking about persuade. All marketing is you want someone to buy your product. You want to vote for you or you want to give money to charity. That is all marketing is. Well, awareness is a huge part of marketing. Yes, you have to have awareness, but just because I'm aware of all 10 banks and I don't love my own bank, it still doesn't mean I'm going to swap. No, it doesn't. But you have to have awareness first and then you have to give people the information they need to make a purchasing decision. And that could be how many options are available and what the different benefits of each of those options are. Don't disagree with you on that, but I think there's some more steps in between from awareness to actually getting them to listen to you in the first place to actually want to know more about your product. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to make a compelling use case for a product. But again, that almost comes across as you're trying to sell the product when in reality, none of us likes to be sold to, but people love to buy. And this is my opinion. It means absolutely nothing. So you can totally ignore what I say. But this is my opinion of marketing, is that there was a professor at Harvard who looked at how do people make decisions? Because that's all you want them to do something. But the first thing they do is you actually want them to listen to what you have to say and, and actually read your marketing gump. So therefore, how do you turn something from awareness into interest? The old classic Ada principle, grab their attention, get them interested in you for them D to make a decision, for them A to make an action. I know it's page one stuff of marketing. And I know, Rebecca, you're into marketing as well. And I do think we agree. We're just coming at it from different angles. The fundamental thing is this. 19 out of 20 decisions are made in a particular way in the human brain. And one in 20 get made in a separate way. Would you guys like to know what those decisions are? Rebecca, you might know this because you're a marketeer. Richard, you might not. Were you interested? Yeah, no, tell me. So you've got two sides to the human brain, okay? You would either know them as the conscious and the subconscious or the logical and the emotional. You must have come across these. And again, yeah. Rebecca, this is not for your benefit. You know this stuff. This is for your listeners. Right. Okay. For a human to make a decision, you have to have a yes from both sides of the brain, the logical conscious or the emotional subconscious sign for the human to make a decision. Right. The problem is that 19 out of 20 decisions, the emotional side of the brain has to say yes first before the logical signs it off. And there's papers galore on this from Harvard and everything else like that. It's the reason why I drive an Audi A6. We all know Audi's part of the Volkswagen group. The Skoda Superb is the same car. It's the same floor plan. It's the same engine. It's the same running gear. It's got a metal thing. It's just got slightly different seats. So why do I spend 10 grand more on the Audi A6? When logically, because I am that geeky person, I know it's the same car. Why do we shop at Marks and Spencers and the four Brayburn apples is £2.50, but the four Brayburn apples from Lidl are £1. I know those apples are cheaper, so why don't I go to Lidl? Do I actually know that those apples I buy for £2.50 are 150% better apples? Or do I tell myself a story that they're better? I think Rich and I probably shop at Lidl. Okay, but it doesn't matter where you shop. It's the same with clothes. My Clothes and handbags. I'm making a sweeping statement here, but you ladies like your nice handbags and nice shoes. My wife has it as a handbag, which is 250 pounds. For the same leather handbag, 
in the same color and same size, she'd get off Grantham Market for £25. The more she okay. eat, she'd go and buy the £25 one. But what you've got to remember is that 19 out of 20 decisions, 95% of decisions, are when emotion says yes first. So what does all this mean to PropTech? In my humble opinion, you have to win their hearts before you win their minds. If it was just purely on minds, we'd come back. This is how PropTech should sell itself. This product should sell itself. The problem you have is getting agents to listen to you in the first place so you can prove them. The average human being sees 2,000 adverts a day, and you ignore them as a human being. So why do you expect your advert, which is advert 2001, is going to make people stop and listen to it? We have conditioned ourselves to automatically ignore the first three adverts. We just ignore it. We never read the adverts on the back of the books. We're reading a website. We can automatically, subconsciously filter out the adverts. And then that's all we do as a firm is when we come to our prop tech firm or estate agents or whatever, we come to our firms and we almost leave our human brain outside and put our robot brain in and say, tell you what, we'll just put an advert on saying, hey, hey, hey look at this. This is going to save you eight hours a week. Come and buy this shit. Shit in a good way. Loud, rude words on your website. Oh, you very much are. <laughs> And that's the point is this, is that the type of people who make prop tech are the complete opposite of the people who buy prop tech. And when I say prop tech, I'm talking about for estate letting agents. If you are one of these people that has prop tech to sell to sensors that go in concrete to make sure there's no water in it, perhaps a different type of prop tech. There's plenty of people out there that can talk about selling that schnizzle. I'm talking about selling to estate and letting agents. And if you want to sell to estate and letting agents, the magic thing that you have to do is tell yourself first before you sell your product. Or actually, not necessarily sell yourself, but get people to buy into you as a human being because they're very cuddly people orientated. There is a very large CRM system in the UK, very large, 25% of the UK state agents use it. I will not mention their name at all. It's very short. It's not owned by Zoopla, but I think we can work out who it is. And their sales director was primarily a very outward going people person. And his department with him were very outward going. What happened is this, is that the product itself is very good. Is it exceptional? No. But basically people were attracted to him as a person. Yes, he repelled some people, but he attracted some people. And then the sales team were brilliant and they converted through. So now they've got 25% of the market when it comes to CRMs. Point is that he left the firm and their growth has been quite stunted since. They've just become an anonymous prop tech firm. There's another one who are very good with tenant reporting problems. And this was run by, I'm going to mention it, Fixflow. And it was run by an absolutely fantastic bloke. And he was at all the shows and built massive relationships. And because he was such a great person, people were attracted to him. And then once they built up the trust in him as a person, it was because the product was pretty damn good. It sold itself. What is interesting is now that he's taking a step back from the business, no one's talking about it. I mean, okay, there's a little bit of stickiness there with people staying with it, but no one knew hardly going there. So I cut back to the point, if you are a prop tech supplier, and you want to sell more to estate and letting agents, your personal marketing is as important as actually building the product. Product's got to be good, but it won't sell itself because you're dealing with estate and letting agents who are very people-orientated 
who will buy the person first before they buy the product. So when you talk about buying the person, obviously there's going to be an element of personalities gelling, being yeah. a woman outgoing. Not necessarily. Oh, okay. I'd like to hear more about that, but also one of the key themes that has come out in a number of conversations with various people on the podcast has been the issue of trust and about how those relationships tend to build a feeling of trust between the tech company and the agent. It's absolutely fantastic. What Rich and Rebecca, I'd like you and everyone listening, I'd like you to grab a piece of paper and I want you to write something down because this is what I teach agents. This is fundamental in all aspects of business. Okay. The question I've got to ask is this, does anyone do business with someone they do not trust? Yes or no? If it's not 100%, do people do business with people they do not trust? Fundamentally, it's not going to be 100%, it's going to be 99. Yes or no? What's the answer? No. You see, if you want to sell anything to someone and you're looking at the top of the mountain, there is someone buying your business off you, buying whatever you sell off you. All of us are stuck at the bottom of the mountain, looking at the top saying, how do I get up there more often? So people buy my product off me. And what a lot of people end up doing is instead of trying to go up the mountain, they go halfway up the mountain, then come back down or just run around in circles, not actually getting anywhere. So again, how do you get up to the top of the mountain? I always say, anyone listening to this, if you've ever sold anything, then you've been to the top of the mountain, haven't you? So instead of starting at the bottom, why don't you work at the top and work backwards? And this is what I call the trust mountain. So what I want you to do is this, a childlike mountain up and down and at the top of the mountain. And again, Rebecca Rich, I can see here. I want to be lifting this piece of paper up just to make sure. In fact, I'm going to do it as well. So we're all in it together. Okay. So for those of you who are watching on the podcast, there is my mountain, right? Okay. And at the top of the mountain is somebody giving you business. There are five steps on this mountain and we're going to start at the top and work down. You said to me, how do you build someone's trust? There's science behind this, massive amounts of science. You said to me that people will not do business with people unless they trust you. So therefore on the trust mountain, one step down, there's five steps on this mountain is the word trust. You need someone's trust for them to do business with you. Shout up Rich or Rebecca, if you disagree with anything I say, and you can pull out a card. So the question therefore comes is this, how do you get someone to trust you and we could do the flowery stuff about doing what you're saying you're going to do but there's science behind this and again Rebecca I know you know this but for the viewers or listeners they won't okay they do actually know this it's just that they haven't applied it to their day-to-day -day life have you ever heard of the phrase Rich no like and trust no Rebecca you must have yes every human relationship that you ever built in your life first they know you then they like you then they trust you so you can write that on your mountain. Below the word trust is the word like. And below the word like is the word no. So I've got a mountain at the moment. Halfway up the mountain, I've got the word no. And then one step up, trust. And then I've got to the top of the mountain, people giving you their business. So therefore, the question comes is this. Again, don't fall asleep, Richard, because this will sell you more shit and you'll earn more money. Here we go. How do you get someone to know you? They have to be interested in you. So that's the step below the word no. Interested in you. Have we all been to the party and someone talks about themselves all night? Yep. What do we think to those people? But that's the thing is this, is that we're all very good in our marketing of talking about ourselves. But in reality, I want you to finish this sentence, all right? The best way for somebody to be interested in you is firstly to be interested in 
then. That As is I like to say, interested is interesting. But it's interested in them, okay? Hang on. Your bottom run should be interested in them. So if you go onto YouTube and type in the word Christopher Watkin, you will find 2,100 videos of me interviewing the great and good of UK estate agency. I've just had one today, Rowan Waller. He is a very well-known estate agent from Oxfordshire, has thousands of people watching him. He came up for an hour and a half and talked all things estate agency. We talked about fees, his life, his trials and tribulations, how it all nearly went out of business and everything. Have either of you watched any of those videos? Yes. You're very interested in the people you talk to. Let us down a bit. So the topics I don't care about. The topics about estate agency fees or them growing their agency, how they nearly lost it or how they actually lost it to a particular agency. I don't give a shit about that. See, all I'm interested in is number one, myself, two, my wife. Used to be my dog, unfortunately, passed away. I like collecting antique medals. I like collecting antique whiskey. I like talking to interesting people and I like craft beer. Hence why I've got the beard because if you drink craft beer, you've got to have a beer. That's the law. But the point is this. The subjects I talk about are of interest to my potential clients. If you want to build trust in you as a person, then what you need to do is follow the mountain of talk about stuff that they're interested in. They then become interested in you. Then they get to know you. Then they get to like you. Then they trust you. Let's get down to brass tacks here because we're talking all like marketing bollocks here. Let's get down to nitty gritties. You've got two choices. Number one is create your own content. Or number two, which is just as powerful, if not more powerful, is comment on other people's. If I was a PropTech solution selling to estate agents, the first thing I would do is connect up with every estate agent I could, thousands and thousands of estate agents on LinkedIn. How do you do that? You search for estate agents, it's dead easy. There's Facebook groups with estate agents in it. Now, if you're selling to building contractors, then join Facebook groups with people who are building contractors. In LinkedIn, type the word building contractor. If you're selling to facilities management managers, then search for people with the job title, facilities management manager, or whatever they're told, and then just do that for half an hour a day for the next five months. It's as boring as hell, sending connection requests. But what you'll end up doing is this, for half an hour a day, go onto LinkedIn, and because LinkedIn shows you what your connections have been writing about, if all you do is just comment on other facilities service managers' posts with thoughtful replies, People will go, I like this guy. I like this woman. And you just keep doing it. And then what happens is if you keep doing it, people will start to become interested in you because you're interested in what they're interested in. And that's what I do on the Watkins sofa is this. I talk about stuff that is of interest to estate and letting agents. I post it and then people then get interested in me. Then they get to know me, then like me, then trust me. So really it is as simple as this. You need to, number one, Produce content which is of interest to your potential client, which doesn't sell, but give. Goes with the right intent of saying, here's a piece of content that will help you be a better whatever you sell. I'm not selling anything here. My intent is to help you. I'm jumping up and down in my seat. This is what I tell all of my clients, by the way. So if you need this reinforced, absolutely. All your content needs to be about your customers, their needs, and how you can help them. Their problems. And you could say, how do I find out what those problems are? Well, you pick the phone up and ask them. Or you take a meal to a meal. It'll cost you 50 quid at Nando's. I love hot sauce, by the way. I basically just say, just tell me what all your problems are. What are your frustrations? What are your fears? 
five fifty quid meals from Nando's. Sorry, I come from rural Lincolnshire, so Nando's. I'm not joking you. Nando is cutting edge cuisine. I'm not just yet. It's amazing. And then just create content around that and do it. I guarantee you it works. And I know, Rebecca, you sell this content. Good for you. I'm not selling you this content. So, in fact, I hope any prop tech supplier listening or watching to this, I physically, genuinely hope you don't do anything with this information. Because if you do, it'll be a lot noisier for me. Just create great content and check it out. That's what you need to do. Stop talking about yourself. Stop talking about your firm. Stop talking about your prop tech solution. And just think, how the hell am I going to build up trust in me as a person? And interestingly, you say the word me. None of you listening to this have a brand that's as powerful as Nike or Apple or Tesla. You are as important as your brand. And those prop tech suppliers who recognize that your personal brand is as important as the stuff that you are selling will be the ones that win ultimately in the prop tech game. Uh, brackets subject to the prop tech actually being a problem that wants to be solved. If we pull that into order, number one, find a problem that actually is a problem to estate and letting agents. They don't need another piece of software that's going to get them across London half an hour earlier. Three, the biggest problem that estate agents have at the moment is more listings, quality listings. The biggest problems that letting agents have is attracting landlords to letting agents. We don't need another bloody prop tech solution that's going to help tenants move in quicker. We don't need another prop tech solution that's going to help you get more tenants. They are more bloody tenants than you need at the moment. What they need is, how do I get more landlords? And then build up your personal brand as you're building up the product. People will then listen to you and then they'll buy the product off you. It is that simple. Never said it was easy. It's that simple. That was amazing. Really good. It was like being in school again. I've actually drawn stuff down just in case you pick on me and ask me to put my pad up and show that I've done it. But no, that's really good. And obviously I read your post, so I'm not just saying that. I do. And that's how I then contacted you for the purposes of this. And obviously what you say does work because you've done it for yourself and you're in the industry and you're known. Look, I'm just a boring little estate agent who the highest position that he ever got to was branch manager in a corporate estate agent's. And now because I've created this content, titans of the industry ring me up and pick my brains. We all suffer from imposter syndrome. I'm still waiting to be found out. I think a lot of us feel that way. <laughs> no matter how good things are going, you think back and you go, oh gosh, I don't think I deserve this. Oh, goodness. There you go. That was amazing. I hope that's been useful to you guys and your listeners watching. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, thank you so much. much. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Grace. Thank Cheers. You. Thanks for joining us on the PropTech Growth Podcast. To learn more, you can find us on LinkedIn or email proptechpodcast at iCloud.com. See you next time.